We're glad you're here. We're going to start 2023 off um, the way we ought to, worshiping our Lord and Savior, giving God the glory, honoring Him. And, and we're just going to get ready to put our Jesus on. You are at First Baptist Church. Welcome in Welcome, Maryland. All right. For those of you that aren't old enough to go downstairs, but yes, you're stuck with me. We're going to be reading out of the uh, book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses nine, verse 19. Now, it's a great day to be here, right? First day of the year. What a way to start, the, start 19, uh, 1993. Where are you? I promise I did not drink. I promise. 2023. <clears throat> it's, it's exciting for me because we're going to start a four-week series today uh, called The Anchor. You notice on stage up here we have a, we, we do have a literal anchor that we just pulled out of the water this morning. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be here for these four weeks as we go through, just, just as a visual of an anchor, just so what we know. As we, be, as we begin our study, our study is going to be built pretty much around this verse in Hebrews 6, verse 19. So I'm going to read that to start off with here. God's Word says, Which hope? we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Now I know that sounds pretty ambitious to talk about one Bible verse for the next four weeks. Of course, I'll throw in others with that. But I feel like the problem with us as Christians today is that we are not anchored, that we're not rooted in the Word, in Christ, that we, that we follow the, the, the current wherever it takes us. And that's not what being a Christian is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be tied down rooted, anchored to our Lord and Savior. So picking up on this idea in this passage of Scripture today is a little ambitious, but that's the power of the Bible. That's the power of the living Word. And it speaks to us in each and every season of our lives. Every circumstance in our suffering, and in our victory. The Bible is truly amazing, don't you think? And I hope one of the things that you take from our series is a renewed interest in God's Word. So let's get back to anchors. Some of you thought I was going to put that around Jake and keep him in the pool. We all have anchors. Just a matter of how big they are, and whether we use them or not. Who knows what an anchor is? Don't look on the stage. 
The anchor is a truly amazing invention used by fishermen and sailors for hundreds, thousands of years. But the basic concept of an anchor is that this is a device normally made of metal to, used to secure a vessel to a bed of the body of water to prevent it, the craft from drifting due to wind or to, to a current. Sounds about right, right? Which you would think it would be for. But the thing is, is, is the anchor is so simple in design, but it has a very powerful function. Now, as believers, we're encouraged to remain steadfast. We're encouraged to be committed in our faith through every trial, through every storm that life brings us. And we're anchored, if you will, in hope. And as you may have guessed, that hope is Jesus, right? Now, one Bible commentator says an anchor was an ancient Christian symbol for safety, security, and hope. It has been found on the walls of the Roman catacombs. This word brings to mind the hymn, the haven of rest, in which the words say, I have anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wild seas no more. The tempest may sweep o'er the wind, the wild, stormy deep, but in Jesus I'm safe evermore. And isn't that true? So what is the specific hope that the author of Hebrews is referring to in, in verse 19 of chapter 6? Jesus, of course, right? It's Jesus. But why have we come to that conclusion? Why are we being drawn to this hope and not some other hope? Well, first, we have to trust in the promise of God. So to better understand what's going on in Hebrews 6, 19, we really need to look at the section of verses that come before it. And probably at some point, read the first six chapters of Hebrews when you get a chance. Just don't do it right now. But for now, let's start with Hebrews 6, verses 13 through 17. Let me read those for you. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. Never mind, I started the wrong place. Let's try 13 through 17. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could, could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men have verily swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of, of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto their heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. 
So God made this promise to Abraham, the father of the Hebrew nation. And since God couldn't swear on anything that was greater than himself, he simply says, I'll surely bless you and I'm going to give you a lot of descendants. God made a promise to Abraham and he stayed true to his promise. How many of us have made a promise and broke it? If you have kids, we do that often to them, don't we? How many times have, has somebody made a promise to you and broken it? What happens? Doesn't that broken promise breed distrust? Doesn't it often make a division in your relationship? But you can be assured that our God is a promise keeper. At the end of the day, he's kept every promise and fulfilled every prophecy up to this point. Obviously, there's still more to come. But up to this point, God has come through every single time. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to go to have a, a midlife crisis. When would that be anyway? <laughs> He's not going to go on, on some crazy existential journey. He remains the same, always. And that's incredibly good news in a world that's constantly changing, a world that's moving and always letting us down. In 6.18 of Hebrews, that by two immutable things in, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who has fled for refuge to lay up hold upon the hope set before us. Brothers and sisters, we need to be encouraged today, especially those of you who fled from sin and slavery of the world to take hold of Christ. He is the hope, that specific hope that we all have. He's firm. He's secure. He is the anchor for our soul. The anchor of our soul. Think it. Can you picture that? That Christ is, is where we connect ourselves. That where we dig in and we hold on. So he is the anchor for our soul. Once we have Jesus, we're able to anchor ourselves to him. Listen to how Albert Barnes, this biblical commentator, beautifully describes this reality. He wrote, Hope accomplishes for the soul the same thing which an anchor does for a ship. It makes it fast and secure. An anchor preserves a ship when the waves beat and the wind blows. And as long as that anchor holds... So long as the ship is safe and the mariner apprehends no danger. So it's with the soul of the Christian. 
In the tempests and the trials of life, his mind is calm as long as his hope of heaven is firm. If that gives way, he feels that all is lost. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like life was just beating you up and you are going every which way? That you have nothing to hold, hold you in place? There have been times in my life when I've certainly felt that. And I'm sure that each of you have gone through a season or a time in your life where you felt that. Well, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about storm and temp tempests of life in addition to temptation to hold fast to other things and that we think keep us safe. But for now, let's consider how peaceful it must be to sleep and work on a deck of a ship whose anchor is steadfast and secure. Anybody ever do cruises? Anybody like them? Anybody get sick while? No, I'm kidding. Do you like, if, if you've been on a big ship, it's an amazing, amazing piece of machinery, right? It's a city, a city on the water. When those things go into port and they drop their anchor, my wife and I were in Bermuda when a hurricane hit and we were on a ship. And we were anchored off of the, the shore and that ship hardly moved. Hardly moved because of those anchors. So for, from my own personal experience, I know the power of a steadfast and secure anchor, what it can do. So I can relate that to my life, and hopefully you can too. Now, it's not the perfect metaphor, but this is in some way how it feels to be anchored to hope. If you're anchored, if you're firm and you're secure, if your connections are strong and your anchor is, is trustworthy, then what fear is it in your life that will give you anxiety? Why would you be sure? Because if God is with you, who can be against you? If he is in charge of you, if you've got him in your life, regardless of what's going on, he's got you. And of course, if all is good, you might find yourself saying, ah, oh, the anchor's going to hold. Everything's going to be good. We're not going to go anywhere. But soon as things start getting dicey, soon as things get rough, way too often we question. But we can be confident because the hope we have in Christ. And this hope, as opposed to, to anything else in our lives, beloved, is firm and it's secure. So we are anchored by hope. With so much uncertainty in the world, with all the turmoil, with all of the confusion and division, is it any wonder that our cities and our cultures are struggling with an epidemic level of anxiety, stress, and depression? Do you see it? I mean, everywhere you can't go into a... a uh, 
community, a social setting where somebody isn't suffering from one of those things. Friends, family, neighbors are literally grasping for anything that's firm, anything that's secure to hold on to so they don't fall overboard. Life is so overwhelming. But everything that they grab gives way. Hope applied to the wrong person, place, or thing is often going to leave us worse off than when we, where we started. That reminds me about the story in Matthew chapter 14. Verses 25 through 31. And this is a familiar story. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore thou didst thou doubt? Now, you guys remember that story, right? It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful story of, of, of how many of us take our eyes off Christ and what happens. Everything was going really good for Peter. Until he took his eyes off of Jesus. And as soon as he did that and looked at everything that was going on around him, he had doubts. And this particular story reminds us to stay locked in. Stay locked into Christ, fastened to him, our firm and our secure hope, our anchor. There's nothing else in this life that anchors us like Christ. And since this life is complicated and complex, you all agree with that, right? This is a pretty straightforward and good news that we have that hope in Christ. Again, an anchor is simple in its design and it's so powerful in its function. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about anchors and boats and hope in Jesus. And in the meantime, it would be good for all of us here to take some time in the coming weeks to slow down, to spend some time thinking about the things or the people that we put our hope in other than Jesus. Has someone you trusted ever let you down in the past? Has someone ever lied to you, misled you, manipulated you? Are you anxious and depressed? Have you ever felt fearful of people, places, and situations? 
Now, if you identify with any of those situations that I just described, or possibly something there, there, that I've missed, it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're dumb, gullible, or broken. It means you're human. It means you're exactly the type of person Jesus came and died for. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Mark chapter 5. And there's a story that, about a woman afflicted with bleeding for 12 years. She spent all of her money on doctors. She got no relief. She was ostracized from her community, from her family. She was set aside and forgotten about. Now, according to the Levitical law of the time, everybody she touched, every place that she sat became unclean because she was unclean because of the blood issue. But then Jesus shows up. And Jesus is walking through a crowd and there's a throng of people around him walking through the street. And this woman... She pushes her way through the crowd. Pushes her way through the crowd. Works her way through. Thinking to herself, if I can just get to Jesus, he can heal me. And all she does is she comes up behind him. She gets close enough to Christ to touch the hem of his robe. Just touch the hem of his robe. Jesus wasn't looking at her. And he healed her. <coughs> he knew that she was there. He knew that she had touched him. And he completely heals her. Physically, socially, he completely restores her by touching the hem of his robe. Brothers and sisters, he is our hope. He's firm. He's secure. And if this is the hope that we hold on to, then we're never going to lose our footing. We're never going to be set free in a, in, a, in a sea of turmoil because he's going to have us. And just like Peter, he's going to reach his hand down and he's going to pull us up. Even if we just grab the edge of his garment. See, brothers and sisters... If you've got Jesus, then you've got more than enough. Now, I can't speak for any of you, but this last two months for me has been crazy. It's just been busy. The world just comes crashing in and, and, and just wants to, to, to move me here and there. And I'm not going to lie to you. There are times when, when I probably drifted a little bit where that 
chain on, on that anchor, that, that connection to Christ was strained a little bit because I was being pushed. But he pulled me back in. He kept me together that I could come here this morning and speak the word. And he'll do that for every one of you. He wants to do that for every one of you. Won't you let Christ be your anchor today? Let's pray. Father, so much in our lives causes us to drift with the current, with the breeze. Sometimes we notice it. But sometimes it's just a gentle push that becomes a normal part of living. And Lord, it's not until that anchor chain is tight that we realize we're not as close as we should be. Today, Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters here know they have an anchor. And if they don't, Lord, that you would place it on their heart to get that anchor that will make it through the storms of life. We all know that that doesn't mean that we, we won't have storms because we certainly do, sometimes more. But because of our faith, our hope in you, we know you're with us. We know that you're standing around us, protecting us, picking us back up when we get beaten down. Oh, Lord, I am so thankful for that. I ask that you bless each man, woman, and child here today, Lord. I ask that you just continue to work in their lives. That if someone here today is doesn't know about Christ that doesn't that's ran the other way Lord that you might just plant that seed that they might understand that we all need you be with us today we ask that you bless every everyone here and everyone they touch in the in this new year direct us and guide our steps our hearts, our minds, our feet, our hands. We love you, we honor, we praise you. We thank you, Jesus, for stretching out your arms on that cross and dying for praise in the precious name of the one who died on the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All God's children said, amen. Anyone here have a storm going on? If you're not in one now, you're going to be. I promise you, they come. Sometimes without warning, sometimes we make the storms ourselves, amen? But we have an anchor if you have Christ. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have something holding me fast, holding me secure in my life. Actually, I do know I would be a mess. Because I cannot be trusted without Christ in my life. I am.
the weakest of the weak. And I'm so thankful that I have that anchor. That doesn't make me better than anybody else. It makes me saved. And you all have that opportunity. If you aren't claiming that power, that's your challenge this week. Find your anchor. Find Christ in your life. If you are not anchored, then use this week to cinch that rascal up. Dig it into that firm foundation and be a child of Christ. Can you do that? I know you can. God bless you. I love you. If you need anything this week, just give me a call. Stop by. Hit us up on the, what's that called? Website. You know, snap face me, you know, whatever. Just, you don't have to go through this life alone. We're here for you. He's here for you. God bless you. Love you. Father in heaven, Father, we thank you for uh, providing that anchor for us, for providing uh, your precious hands to, to grasp us and hold on to us. Uh, and we know, Father, your word says that, you know, once we are your children, that you do not release us, that nothing can separate us from you. And you're so grateful for that, Father. And I pray, Father, as we, we go into this week, Father, this new year, uh, that we fully recognize and understand that, that we need you. We need you in every part of our lives. And that may you uh, just provide in every day uh, a reminder to us in some form or fashion, Father, that uh, we need you. So, Father, I ask that you bless us. We are grateful uh, for Jake uh, being baptized. And uh, uh, we thank you, Father, for being able to be part of it. So bless us again, Father, in this week to come. Bless us with opportunities to serve you and, and eyes and ears open to see them, Father. We thank you. We praise you. And we ask all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.